We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. It's been a great privilege to be with you today. If you're not from Mount Zion and uh, you're from this area, we invite you tomorrow uh, as the conference continues in Sunday school and morning and evening service. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 8 and 9. We are troubled on every side, Paul writes, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Paul wasn't the only one to ever have trouble and be exasperated in his trials and burdens. We face the same kind of difficulties today, too. We bear burdens that make us feel like throwing in the towel sometimes. We become troubled, perplexed, cast down as well. Some face pressures of a decision that they have to make. It's looming over their head. They've got to make a a call on that decision. Family members maybe that are going in the wrong direction, and that's a burden to us in our families. Widows grieving, lonely, fearful, hurting. Uh, Men and women with pressure of earning enough to make the ends meet, um, and especially during the high inflation right now. Those who are out of work and can't find work and get disappointed when they think they're getting work, that's, that sort of thing. There's troubles, marriages shaky and disintegrating before our eyes. We have burdens today, too. We have troubles, and people around you have troubles. Personal inferiority and rejection by others. Health complications, some are terminal, the miscarriage situation that we heard the testimony from Caprice about. PTSD is a big one. Single parents trying to do everything uh, to take care of their family. Providing long-term care giving. Uh, Discouragement, depression, despondency, abusive relationships. Teens worried about their family, worried about their looks, worried about their future. Uh, our own aging and vulnerability. Man, there's a lot that you could just dwell on as far as trouble. We have many fears and burdens that are very real. The truth is, our churches and communities are filled with hurting people. How can we ever keep going when all these burdens just keep coming? How can we do that? This afternoon, I want to close with several answers to the question, how can we keep going when the burdens keep coming? God has given us answers. That's how we can do it. And we want to look at his answers. Let's start with prayer and we'll get right into it. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, now we thank you for all that's transpired today. Oh Lord, I pray that somebody will be able to walk out of here with a hope and with more kick in their step and more uh, looking forward to life and looking forward to applying some of the things they've learned today. Lord, strengthen the brethren. If there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, certainly today let this be their day to receive Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First, we must, how to keep going when the burdens keep coming. Number one, 
we must remember that our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency is of God. 2 Corinthians again, chapter 3 and verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. The word sufficiency means strength or supply. It, uh, we have to come to the place that we realize that we don't have the strength in ourselves to make it through whatever we're going through. God is what keeps us going. He is all we need. I said in the other session, He is enough. I'm sure that you're like me. We're used to being self-sufficient. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can do it myself. Yeah, I'll make it myself. But when these king-sized burdens begin to pile up, then we need the king to help us. We must depend on his strength. We must rely on his comfort. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, how he starts out this book in verse 3. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforteth us in some of our tribulations. No, 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 no. That's not what it says. Who comforteth us in a few of our tribulations. No, how many? All our tribulations. God comforts us that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God is our sufficiency. Go ahead and try to endure your burden without God. I guarantee the trials will only double. They'll only get worse. God allows troubles in your life and mine to get our attention. God means for us to be drawn to look to him in our trouble, to see that he is big and we're not able to manage it by ourselves. He wants you to lay your burdens on him. He wants you to unload that sack of bricks that you've been carrying and cast it upon him. He wants it. He invites that. He wants you to do that. And he'll help you if you'll turn it to him. In Job chapter 23, go there please. Job 23, if you have your Bibles. We learn that Job was heavily burdened. He'd lost ten children. His home, his livelihood, his health. In fact, he was so burdened, he couldn't find God in the burden. And he was a God-fearing man. He, he was, God bragged on him in chapters 1 and 2. And, but he couldn't find God in the midst of his, his trial. Have you ever felt like that? Look at Job 23 and verse 3. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. Man, I would come right before God if I could just find where he is. In verse 5, I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me if I could just find him. In verse 8, Behold, I go forward 
He's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. Someone said, preacher, I can't get an answer. I really need God, but heaven's brass. I, don't, I feel like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. I can't find him. I know. But I want you to see what Job learned. Look at verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job saying, I can't see him. But he's watching me. Praise God. I can't seem to find God. But God's found me. God knows what I'm going through. Listen, we think uh, God can't see where God sees everything. He sees him from the beginning. If that's true, and it is, how should I walk? How should that affect my walk? What should I do? Verse 11. Verse 11. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept, and I have not declined. You see, God sees my way. What does he see? Job knew that he had kept God's way. In your burden bearing, can you say that you've kept God's way? He goes on in verse 12. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. When you're perplexed or worried or stressed out and fearful, you must keep obeying God's word and doing right, doing what you've been trained to do. That means for the believer, you need to be in church. You need to be in church every time the door is open. Why? Because you need the brethren. You need the word of God. You need to be there. It means that at home, you're opening the Bible. Why? Because that's God's love letter to you. An instruction manual for how to live this life. And you're praying. He goes on in verse 12 uh, that he has not gone backward. So don't let up. Let God see your obedience and trust. First, remember that our sufficiency is of God. Number two, to keep going when the burdens keep coming, we must live for others. Live for others. Get your mind on others' needs. Look around you. Quit looking inwardly. I've got all these problems, Brother Star. I know, we all got problems. Look around you. There's somebody that's got a problem you can help there. If you can get your mind off your problems long enough. 2 Corinthians 4.15 For all things are for your sakes. Paul says, what I'm going through... I'm doing it in your behalf. I endured the hardships in order to help others is what he's saying. I think sometimes we're too selfish today. I think we got the, the mirror up on our wall in every direction that we walk. It's all about us. Everything that we're going through and we think of how everything affects us, how I feel, how I look. All my problems, blah, blah, blah. 
But Paul is saying that you need to start caring for others and how you can lift and encourage them and help them. And if you do that, you get your mind off your own problems. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He previously taught, Paul teaching, 1 Corinthians 12, 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care one for another. We ought to care one for another. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. That means build up one another. When was the last time you came along somebody and you listened to their burden and you tried to say something, uh, tried to be an encouragement to them, tried to build them up? When was that? Or has it all been about you? You just are turning everything introspective and you just you can't get your chin off your, your feet and you can't help anybody else because you've got your mind strictly on your problems. We need to invest ourselves in others. Yes, preacher, it's what I need. I need somebody to invest in me. No, you. this command is for you to do something for others. It's time for you to start thinking about somebody else's burdens and relieve or encourage them. Number two, number three. How to keep going when the burdens keep coming. Number three, you have to renew your inward man daily. Renew your inward man daily. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. You don't need more time to think. Right. And this is what people do when they get in the funk. They want to sit and just think. Stare off into space, and if I think it out, I, I can think this thing through. No, you can't. That's right. No, you just go deeper and deeper into depression. You don't need more time. You need to build yourself up and build your mind up in faith. 2 Corinthians 4.16 For the which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You may be dying of cancer or facing menopause. You may hurt more and more every day. You may even have emotional hurts. It's true that our outward man, our, our flesh, it's deteriorating. It is going downhill. We started dying the day we were born. Hello, got to put it in perspective. But our inner man can be renewed day by day, can be built up. Like David, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. We shared this scripture in the last session in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. In fact, Solomon taught us that Keeping our spirit right is the key to having victory in our burdens. We've got to get our spirit right, brother. In Proverbs 18, 14, this ought to be the theme of this whole day, this verse. Proverbs 18, 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear 
to keep going, we need to renew that inner man and keep that inner spirit, the spirit of the man, keep that spirit strong. That's what I saw in my dad. My dad was dying, but he just had a peace about him. He knew Christ, and his spirit was sustaining him. I went in and asked him, Dad, are you really ready to go? He said, I'm ready, son. It doesn't get any better than that. We need to sustain our spirit. And we do that by building up the inner man. How do, how do you keep going when the burdens keep coming? Number four, we have to put our circumstances in eternal perspective. Put it in eternal perspective. I use this verse in one of the other sessions. 2 Corinthians 4.17 For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Notice God says here on earth, our afflictions are light. Doesn't matter what we're going through. Our perspective is, our temporal perspective is that they're heavy. His eternal perspective is that they are light compared, I want, I want you to see this now, compared to there in heaven, they bring mighty glory. A moment of burden and hurt here compared to their eternal joy and glory. I want you to think about this now. Our afflictions may be heavy and grievous, but they are light compared to what we deserve. Whatever you're going through, it's light compared to what we deserve. What we deserve is hell. We're all sinners, and we deserve to go to hell if it hadn't been for Jesus Christ. We would be going to hell. So our, our burdens are light compared to that. They, our burdens are light compared to what Jesus Christ suffered. I guarantee you, none of you are suffering like Christ suffered. No. And our burdens are light compared to the glory that awaits us in heaven. The glory will outstrip anything that we're going through in this life. So, yes, our burdens are light. Put it in perspective. In verse 18, we find the purpose of our trials. God allows them so that we will refocus on eternal things so our love will be drawn from this world and to our great God. In your trial, what have you been focusing on? Joni Erickson Tata, age 17, while she was still single, had a diving accident. How many of you have read her story? Numbers of you. She had a diving accident in 1967 that left her as a quadriplegic in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. Her testimony is really encouraging. Whatever you're going through, you're likely not going through as much as she did. She went through two years of depression and therapy, she said. She could have pitched a big pity party, no doubt about that, and just quit. Just let somebody take care of her forever in you know, whatever 
for the rest of her life. But she didn't do that. She determined to learn some new skills, get a fresh assignment from the Lord. So she learned how to paint with a brush between her teeth. Not just paint. You would think, boy, that's going to be a squiggly mess. No, no, no. Her highly detailed fine art paintings are sought after. She became expert at it. Her best-selling biography, Joni, is now published around the world in 50 countries, giving hope to everybody. She took her adversity and turned it into something good to help others. She writes articles for magazines and has now written over 50 books, including The God I Love. She serves on boards and councils. And on and on, I don't know how she gets it all done, especially with her adversity. After the accident, there were things that she couldn't change. So she refocused on eternal matters. She found out what God wanted her to do and did it. I wonder how it is with you. If you've come bearing a heavy burden today, you can still refocus. You can. It's not over. You can still refocus today. You can still refocus this morning, this afternoon, before you leave this place. Get a fresh uh, gust of wind in your sails. How can I keep going when the burdens keep coming? Well, we have to trust the promises of God. That little booklet that we have back there, three dollar booklet, has promises in it, one after another after another, that you can rehearse in your mind. 2 Corinthians 5.1 For we know that if the earthly house of this tabernacle is talking about our body were dissolved we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens that's a heavenly body that he has for us. In the same chapter 2 Corinthians 5.8 We are confident I say and willing rather rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Or in other words, death is no prison for the Christian. It's a gateway that God's going to open to us one day for all eternity. There's no fear of death for the Christian. To keep going, how to keep going when the burdens keep coming. Number six, we have to tap the comfort that God has provided for us. And I believe my time is just about up. John 14, 16. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Verse 26, John 14 identifies the comforter as the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you four sources of comfort and we'll be done. Number one, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. He comes in to live in us the moment we receive Christ as Savior. We have the Comforter. Number two, the Christian has the Bible to comfort him. Uh, it says in Romans 15 and verse 4, the comfort of the Scriptures we have that we might have hope. The comfort of the Scriptures. The Bible is God's Word to mankind. God's word provides comfort to us in perplexing times. Number three, the Christian has preaching 
to comfort him. It's interesting, in the New Testament, prophesying is preaching, or in other words, forthtelling or declaring God's word. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, He that prophesieth, talking about preaching, speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Preaching is comfort, uh, comforting. We say, oh, I, I'm, I'm blue today. I'm kind of downhearted, discouraged. I'm not going to church. You're nuts. That's the wrong answer. Right. Wrong answer. That's the devil's plan. To give you more time to think. Dwell on yourself and worry. It's time it's to keep you from the brethren's encouragement and to keep you from encouraging others and to minimize your faith since faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need the preaching. And so preaching is a source of our comfort. So I said four, there's three sources of comfort. And then... We must cast our burden on the Lord. How can you keep going when the burdens keep coming? Cast your burden on the Lord. Psalm 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. And sustain means nourish or prop up. That's what we need when we're going through these things to be propped up. In 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on him for he careth for you. So cast your burden on the Lord. Amen. You see, we're not going to avoid troubles in this life. No. And the ones we have right now are not going to be the end. And we're not the first to ever face problems. We will have to face health setbacks, sorrow, setbacks, family issues, fear, worry, stress. We're going to face it. But there's one burden that outweighs them all. The Bible says this burden is so heavy, you can't possibly bear it. And that's the burden of sin. In Psalm 38 and verse 4, For mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. The burden of sin is too heavy for anyone to bear. But God is waiting with outstretched hands. He wants you to come to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, Jesus said. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He wants us to come to him for cleansing, for forgiveness. And anybody who does, he will forgive your sins and give you a fresh start. Your burden of sin, which is heavy, could be lifted in just a few moments. Would you let him do that?